the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You are about to listen to American Signpost, a thought that points us back to God. We Americans need to remember what those who planted us here tell us they heard from the Lord. The first governor of Massachusetts told his colony that God called them to be a city on a hill. That meant being a light to the world. The Pilgrim's pastor promised them that God would give them more truth and light out of his holy word. Scripture says, the entrance of thy word gives light. Regarding God, the psalmist sang, he wraps himself in light as with a garment. When France looked across the Atlantic, they saw a light shining from the shore. Grateful, they gave us a statue of Miss Liberty, holding aloft a lighted torch. Some among us would like to extinguish our light. They want the Bible banned from public view. Let's be smart and not let them put out our light. I am Pastor William Boylan. This is an American Signpost. Visit PastorBoylan.com to learn more about how history instructs our country's way back to God. That's PastorBoylan.com. Welcome to Signpost. Signposts has been posing one question. How can America's past shed light on her future? Join Signpost host. Pastor William Boylan and his son, author Andrew Boylan, as they visit America's foundation to understand better what's happening in the world today. Get ready to hear about America's beginnings, as you have probably never heard before. Now, let's join Signpost. Good afternoon and welcome to Signposts. I'm your host, Andrew Boylan, with my dad, Pastor William Boylan. We're excited to be back this week and um, shifting gears a little, but before we... uh, start we have a very special guest today that i'm excited to introduce but uh first good to see you dad oh good to be here it's always uh, fun to talk over these topics and uh i'm glad we're getting some response from you who are listening to us out there because we want to uh really build up your faith and inform you regarding at least what we think we know uh, as to how lord might be working in this nation and in our churches and and we're also praying for a uh, real revival of these things or an awakening. Uh, by the way, if you're not aware, we're, we're very much connected with the station. We don't just come into the station and uh, and speak this way. Uh, we really have a good relationship with the station. And I wanted to tell you on behalf of W-E-Z-E-R-O-L and B-I-X, of course, where you're listening to us, that uh, they really have a heart for us. They, they, they're more than just a corporation more than just a business they really have a ministry mm. and so we're we're really thrilled to be uh, part of that ministry and thought you really should know that that uh, when you support the station or you support us uh, uh, we're looking for the Lord to move among us and move in this region so good to be with you this afternoon absolutely no it's, it's fantastic and I as always I'd like to just take take this introductory moment to uh, urge you to go to pastorboylan.com I'd love to hear more of your thoughts as we've been talking about prayer for the last few weeks and we are big believers that prayer can do amazing things and and we're always interested in hearing your stories of how prayer has worked in your life. So um, I really encourage you to come and write to us um, at PastorBoylan.com and find out what Signpost Ministries is all about and uh, give us your feedback, things that you've heard. But without any further introduction, I'd like to move on to introduce 
Bob Lathrop, who's somebody that I've known for a long time, somebody who's worked with my dad for a long time. He's been the senior leader of the music ministry at Byfield Parish Church for 23 years, so um, almost a quarter century during, but uh, out of my dad's 50 years there, he's been there for 23, which is a huge amount of time. And uh, music is such an integral part of ministry and a Sunday morning worship, but across the board. So I know for me personally, I'm, I'm just thrilled that he's going to get to spend some time with us and really talk about what that means to him, um, how it works, you know, getting into the nitty gritty and into the weeds on how, how music, how he thinks about music when he thinks about church life. And, and I, and I'm hoping to be edified myself and I hope it brings some edification to you, but welcome, Bob. Thank you very much. Appreciate both of you having me. This is very exciting. I've uh, heard about the radio ministry for many, many years at Byfield, but I've never actually seen uh, a broadcast recorded, so this is kind of exciting for me. Yeah. It's exciting for us. It's always exciting for us when we have uh, somebody take the heat off of us. We, uh, we enjoy having guests, and uh, we spend a lot, well, a big portion of the summer, um, early summer, bringing on, uh, on people, and we've been, as I was talking about earlier, on a topic of prayer, and we've been just... Uh, me and you, Dad, for, for the last few weeks. So it's exciting to <coughs> kind of get a chance to have a guest again. So uh, so I'd like to I'll open it to you, Dad, and thoughts that you've had on this topic. Well, uh, it, uh, people give me a lot of credit for being a good preacher, and I certainly pray about it, work at it, and try to know what I'm talking about when I get to the pulpit. But I can tell you uh, without any hesitation that it doesn't hurt to follow a great choir. <laughs> when, when people are uplifted by uh, hearing the choir just kind of raise the roof and uh, and uh, hit the nail on the head regarding what we believe, but put it to song, uh, I, I know that uh, uh, if we were just coming out of a matter of some kind of drudgery, it wouldn't be the same sermon as it is coming, uh, Bob, after you've uh, uh, led the choir and uh, really set the tone. I appreciate so, that. Yeah. Very nice, uh, nice to hear you say it. Uh, we have worked at it. <laughs> Uh, very diligently over the years, and um, I believe that God continues to bless the music ministry at Byfield in very tangible ways. Yeah, yeah it really is true. Uh, give, uh, for the sake of our audience, I do. We have worked together for a long time, so I know a lot of the uh, details. But the people listening to us don't, and they don't know uh, you personally, probably, and uh, how you uh, came into this uh, music ministry or background, your church background. Why don't you tell us a little about yourself? First? Sure. Um, well, I, I uh, started as a, <clears throat> of a as a child of two parents who sang every week in the church choir. Um, I grew up in an Assemblies of God church, um, a charismatic background, but our, our church was a little bit more on the traditional side, I would say, within that tradition. And uh, my parents were faithful members of the choir for many, many years, and some of my earliest memories were sitting on their lap during choir practice. They actually brought me into the rehearsals. And then uh, when I got a little older and a little bit more rambunctious, uh, I wouldn't sit still as, as well as I did when I was younger. So I, I would go with them still to rehearsals, but we, my brother and I would play in Fellowship Hall and race our matchbox cars and various other things downstairs while the choir was singing. We were able to hear them uh, practice where we were. And our church had a great tradition of doing uh, large productions at Christmas and Easter. Um, we had a singing Christmas tree uh, where it was a, they erected a hundred and 
hundred-foot Christmas tree that the entire choir s- stood in uh, with light shows and everything else. It was crazy. Um, they also did a living cross at Easter where, again, they erected a hundred-foot, 150-foot cross, and the wow. entire choir stood in that cross and sang the presentation. So those were <clears throat> formative years for me, um, and we had a very active music ministry, and um, they did some things that uh, many churches in our area didn't do. So um, I was able to, to see them think out of the box and, and do some things that were just uh, mind-blowing for me. So that's kind of where, uh, where it all started. Um, it wasn't until I was in high school that I actually developed an interest in music personally. Uh, my parents had always tried to get me to play the piano and take lessons when I was younger and didn't want anything to do with it. I was more into sports at the time. Mm-hmm. So, um, <clears throat> But in my junior year in high school, I was taking some drum lessons, and I got involved in our youth group praise band. Uh, we had a youth group of about 100 kids. It was very large. And uh, we had a band, and I was one of the only kids that knew how to play drums. So I, I played in the band, and we did worship music. And um, our band <clears throat> ministered at our summer camp uh, at the time. And I re- there was a, a very important moment in my, uh, in my ministry life that happened at, at that camp that summer where we had a guest speaker who was talking about how to decipher God's will for your life. And uh, the kids... Uh, he had an altar call, and the kids came down, and we sat around the altar, and we prayed, and uh, we were seeking God for, you know, his will for our lives. And I, there was a, a moment at that altar th- uh, that evening where I, I felt <clears throat> uh, uh, an audible voice um, in, in my spirit that, that told me that I was going to be involved somehow in music ministry which was uh, very humbling at the moment because I, I was only a drummer. <laughs> um, I wasn't really making music per se. I was, I was banging on things. Um, but I felt very, very strongly that I heard God say that I was going to be involved in, in music ministry at that time. Oh, wow. um, up until that point, I was a straight C student in high school. Um, I had my only uh, career choice at that point was going to be construction or, or uh, or um, carpentry because my dad was into it and that was all I could see myself doing. But at that at that moment uh, in my life at that Christian camp, um, when I heard God speak, um, it changed my entire career outlook. Uh, at that point, I started preparing um, myself uh, for learning more about music. Uh, I didn't know how to read notes at the time. <clears throat> I could read rhythms from the drums, but I didn't know the difference between an A, B, or C on, in terms of the notes. So I took a music theory class that year in high school. That was my only formal training before I decided I was going to go to college for music. And I applied to uh, Gordon College, which is up here on the North Shore. They were a an up-and-coming program at the time. There wasn't a large music program. Uh, Tom Brooks was the the new director of music, and he was trying to find more students to to bring into the program. Mm -hmm. And um, I applied. Uh, During my audition, the only thing that I could offer for a musical audition was a song that I had written on the piano. I was teaching myself piano at the time with the music theory skills I was learning in high school, and I played that song. And as awful as it was, they decided that <laughs> that they would take me in as a as a music major um, at the school. So I was off and running at that point in in terms of my formal training of music. Um, fast forward a, a few years, I went on to graduate school. Um, I decided that I was going to major in choral conducting. 
hearkening uh, mm. back to the, the history that I had with my parents and the choir that I saw uh, during my childhood. <clears throat> um, and then in grad school, I decided to take my first church job in order to try to make some, some extra money to make ends meet. Mm. Um, I worked at a Baptist, uh, an American Baptist church in Mansfield, Connecticut, right down the street from uh, University of Connecticut, where I was doing graduate school. Oh. And um, practiced, you know, the trade. Practiced basically what I was what I was learning in class. Mm-hmm. And um, from there, uh, after two years of graduate school, I I needed to find a job. Um, I had studied music education at Gordon um, because my dad wanted me to be able to actually make a living with this music that I was studying. <laughs> so I promised him that I wouldn't uh, go into the into the performance side of things, but I would go into the education side of things mm. so that I had something to fall back on. Um, <clears throat> so when I left graduate school, I, I needed to start looking for a job. And um, <clears throat> it just so happened that um, a friend of mine from college who I sang in the college choir with, her name was Kathy uh, Davidson Morell, uh, was attending Byfield uh, Church on a Sunday morning when the music director decided to give his um, his resignation. I don't even know who the music director prior to me was, but and I don't think he was there for, for a very long time. He was more interested in the dramatic side of things, but yeah, um, <clears throat> he gave his resignation that Sunday, and Kathy called me up, and she said, I know you just graduated from, from UConn, and you're looking for work. Um, Back up here on the North Shore, I was just attending uh, church, and our music director is, has just resigned. Would you be interested in uh, applying for the position? I had nothing else going on at that time, so I decided to do that. And um, it wasn't long after that that the church took me on as, as music director. Wow, that's fascinating. I never knew that. I mean, it's interesting. This, these, whole, these years, we talk about the history of Byfield and the 50 years that my dad was there and my years there. But there's this black hole where I was out in California at college myself, which would have been exactly this time. So when you're entrance, it's always fascinating to hear about those years, those years in the mid-90s that I, that I really was gone during. Um, and I want to take a moment as we're, as we're talking about this and as we're introducing uh, find, you know, the inroads of, of where people connect um, at Byfield to remind listeners that this is you're listening to WBIX and this is Signpost Ministries. Um, coming to you and take and if you have a moment today take some time and go to pastorboylan.com and find out more about signpost ministries um but i want to continue as we're talking today with um, bob bob lathrop about music ministry maybe in the larger capacity but even but primarily in your the idiosyncrasies of of working in a in a in a church an everyday church like byfield parish um which we talk about um often on this show one of the things I want to affirm and really just uh, <clears throat> basically repeat what you said to us, but it's uh, it's really exciting to me as a pastor, and uh, I had my own experience of having the Lord speak to my spirit, just exactly like you did. I, I don't know if uh, everybody really understands that, that it isn't necessarily real, a real voice out loud that other people could hear, but you hear it, and, and you Absolutely. know it, don't you? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There, was no, there was no denying what I, what I felt and what I heard yeah. that evening at the altar. 
Well, uh, I was on uh, the steps of battalion headquarters about to go minutes before to prison for life, and it certainly was an important voice for me to hear <laughs> that, uh, you, I, that I had prayed for help, and uh, God said to me, uh, I, I've decided to help you. And I thought, boy, no better help than that, because <laughs> you, don't, you don't make mistakes. So, <laughs> and, you, and you keep your promises, too. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. No, but, I, but it, is, it is very encouraging to me to, to hear you uh, you know, to tell that because because I believe that if you went to our congregation, uh, not that everybody would have that kind of direct spiritual experience. Everybody's different, and we all we all are guided in here in different ways. I understand that, but uh, but when I hear you say that, and I had that experience myself, and then the Lord led me to Byfield. Now you're telling us here on radio, but you're telling us uh, Andrew and I too uh, that you were led uh, to that work, to that ministry, to that, and then. And then the uh, there's no such thing as a coincidence. Everything's providential. Right. And so I, I remember the gentleman that was before you, and he was. He was good, and uh, we liked him. At, uh, but he did. He had a heart for theatrics and uh, did a little bit of that with us. Right. Uh, and it, right. it worked pretty well. Yeah. But but uh, I I will say this, Bob. Uh, you're the you're the first music director in a, in a, that has really. Uh, been the same in this sense, what I'm about to say, uh, as the music directors before me. Uh, you remember John Witherspoon, of course, I because do. John was in the choir, and John preceded me by uh, 25 years. So he he was experienced at Byfield long before I arrived. And one of the things he said when I, and I probably had only lasted at that time five or six, seven years, and he said, you know, he said, uh, we have music directors that stayed forever and pastors that kept changing. Now <laughs> we're going through a series of music directors and uh, we've got the same pastor. Interesting. Uh, that was his comment. But what he was really saying was that the, in the tradition of the church, we had long-term music directors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, the, and the man who uh, had just I think he retired, I think it was his age, uh, just gone out, uh, out of the picture before I came, had been there, I think, 30 or so years wow. as director. And so um, I don't know, you know, one draw foolish conclusions from uh, from what you say, but I think I can say confidently that, uh, that when the Lord told you that as a youngster, he knew where you'd be now. I believe so, too. And And the interesting thing about it was that he called me before he equipped me. And that may be similar to your story. Um, uh, I was not, <clears throat> I was not prepared. I was not even a, what I would consider a musician at the time that I was called. Um, I had a strong tradition of music in my family. Obviously, I had taken a few lessons here or there. Um, so when I received a call to be in the music ministry, uh, with my only preparation. Uh, taking a few drum lessons and a few piano lessons, and then mm-hmm. him telling me that I was going to be leading a ministry of music, it was very humbling for me at the time because I really didn't, I couldn't see uh, into the future as to how that was going to work. It wasn't um, something I was intentionally preparing myself for. It was something that he called me to before he prepared me for it. And I think that was very similar to your story. I, and I think it's similar to Jeremiah's. <laughs> Jeremiah uh, was told, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I called you. And, and of course, in Jeremiah's case, he was, uh, he was kicking and screaming on his way in. <laughs> and he said, I'm too young, I can't do this. But he couldn't. He was like me, as you say, and yourself, not prepared, not equipped. Uh-huh. He was called to something that he was going to then have to be 
made made mm. able to do by the Spirit of God. Isn't that encouraging? That's that's your early part of Jeremiah. It is. And, uh, it also puts you in a in a in a very humbling position. You have to uh, rely on God's gifting and God's provision mm. in a situation like that, where you're not coming to the table with anything. Uh, everything that you have. He's, he's given to you, and I, I feel very uh, blessed in that way as a result. It also builds a wonderful sense of confidence because, as the Scriptures say, he who began a good work in you will complete it, and that's the other side of it. That uh, you, you don't have that fear that is really uh, part and parcel of life on earth for those who are playing God in their own lives because for all their pretending, they don't know the future. I did, when I, before I was a Christian, I didn't know the future. I plotted my own way, but I had no great confidence because uh, I wasn't by any means positive I could pull it off. Uh, yeah. And uh, and in fact, I learned that uh, I couldn't pull it off. That's why I came to Christ. But but um, <coughs> but I'm you know just uh, hearing you that uh, uh, you know when you have that when you have that assurance and the Lord gives you your role to play. He also, by implication, mm-hmm. does exactly what you said. He, he promises to be with you. In fact, that's one of the, the, big, the, 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 one of the more consistent uh, things God says throughout all the scriptures is, do not be afraid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He, right. Over and over again, he told him, he, he said to Mary, do not be afraid. I am with you. Yeah. He, he's over and over again, but uh, but then in the in the midst of that promises, I will be with you, mm-hmm. and uh, and I think of the minor prophets. A lot of them have that uh, confidence given them by God. I am with you, and then Jesus says, "I'm with you always to the, to the closing day of the age." Right, and I and I believe that uh, that. Uh, that God has given me the confidence in the call that he gave me by by showing me and, and providing for me during throughout my career. I, I think um, it was important for me in the next step uh, that after after Byfield hired me as a music director, of course, it's it's a it was a small church. It wasn't something that I could it wasn't a salary that I could live on uh, and support myself on. Mm-hmm. It was a part time job. So um, if that was where God wanted me. I needed the reassurance beyond that that this was going to be sustainable for me in a practical way. And it was very interesting how the, all of that worked out for me because <clears throat> shortly after um, I applied for the position at Byfield, I was a music director at a music camp um, in Connecticut uh, during the summer. So this was before... Um, I actually started at Byfield. I was going through the the interview process and the audition process in the summer, um, and at the at the same time, I was working at a uh, at a Christian camp in Connecticut as as a music director down there um, for a camp. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got a, a phone call from Holly Simons, who was um, on the search committee for the church, and uh, she said. Um, you know, I know you're you're going through the interview process here. We're we're interested in having you. I know you're also looking for other work in order to sustain a, a um, you know a, a lifestyle for yourself uh, right out of college. It just so happens that I I got a call from a friend of mine who I know from Newburyport, who lives a couple of streets down. Holly lived in Newburyport. Um, she was the organist at Byfield at the time, 
and the gentleman that that uh, she knew of in Newburyport was also a fellow Christian, but he happened to be the director of fine arts at Triton High School at the time. His name was Bob Manso, and they were looking for a part-time teacher, <clears throat> a part-time music teacher. And through their interactions, Holly and Bob, uh, Holly said, well, we're hiring this new music director who also has a degree in music education. You're looking for a music teacher. Uh, maybe that would work out. So I got a phone call at the camp. I was called out of a rehearsal at the camp in Connecticut, and they said, there's this guy from Newburyport wants to talk to you. I had no clue who that was or why he was calling me at the camp at the time. But I get on the phone with him, and he says, hi, my name is Bob Manso. I'm here at Triton <clears throat> High School, and we happen to have a part-time uh, job open for a music teacher. Uh, Holly Simons, the organist at Byfield, tells us that uh, um, that you're going to be coming up in this area. Uh, you have a music education degree. Would you be interested in coming in and interviewing for this position? So I ended up leaving the camp for an afternoon, traveling up from Connecticut up to the North Shore and sitting in for uh, an interview at Triton mm. for this music position. And shortly after that, they hired me as well. So I, I got the job at Byfield and the job at Triton within a, a week or two of one another. Wow. And for me, that was confirming because I, I couldn't survive on the Byfield position alone. I needed right. something to, to go along with it. And here comes Triton along to fill that gap. So that was, that was extremely affirming and peaceful for me, uh, how that all came together. And, f and for me, obviously, it was, it was a fulfillment of that call that God had placed on me, that I'll take care of you. I know what you need. Um, not only will I prepare you uh, in terms of the education that you need, but I will also prepare, I'll also provide for you that, that financial security that you need to, to start this endeavor. You know, um, the evolutionary theory is that uh, everything developed by small, long-time changes over, you know, periods, grand periods of time. Uh, but uh, those who study the matter have to snicker at that idea because there's so many things in reality that couldn't exist if they both didn't exist together at the same time. They can't develop over long periods of time because without one without the other, it doesn't work. Uh, right. In the human body, it's that way. You have to have a lot of things going all at once. <laughs> to get you, you, can't, you can't go over a long period of time while your lungs are in good shape as you're developing kidneys or something. <laughs> you've, got to, you've got to have it all together. And I'm just listening in that context of what God did with you. Right. You had to have it. To, you couldn't. You couldn't live for a year on no salary, uh, and uh, you had to have it fit at the same time, same place. And right. And, uh, and the Triton position was part time as well. So yeah. I, I, I wouldn't have been able to uh, find an apartment on the North Shore, which is uh, which is expensive place to live. Yeah. I wouldn't have been able to find a, a place to live on the part time salary at the school, and I couldn't have done it alone with the part time salary at the church. I needed right. both yeah. of those. Yeah. And uh, yep. God provided that for me. Yep. No, oh, that's yeah. amazing. This is a, a great opportunity as we have to go to our first commercial break to um, just remind people that you've been listening to Signpost Ministries and take your time out of your day today to visit us at PastorBoylan.com to find out more about what we're all about. And we'll be back after the break. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.